This is Carrie D. Welcome to the Coffee with Carrie Homeschool Podcast. Join me every Thursday for some much needed encouragement, coffee, and conversation. It's my prayer this podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Hey, if you're blessed each week by our podcast, Coffee with Carrie, then make sure you check out my book, Just Breathe, and take a sip of coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. And then share our podcast with some of your homeschooling friends who might need a little encouragement too. You can also find me at Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think, no, I know, you're going to be encouraged. Today, I want to talk with you about the secret to being a great teacher. You know, as more and more moms are coming home to homeschool, I hear even more than ever, I can't do this. I can't teach algebra. I mean, I barely got through algebra myself. How in the world am I going to teach my own kids algebra? Or stuff like, I don't know anything about chemistry. How am I going to teach it? Well, let me reassure you. If your child is not in high school yet, you don't have to teach algebra or chemistry or physics or anything super challenging like that anytime soon. So try not to stress over the subjects or the academic courses you don't have to teach just yet. For those of you who are homeschooling a high schooler, then yes, there does come a time for high school level math and sciences, but we'll get to that in a minute. My husband always says we homeschool one year at a time. So let's just focus on this year. So what are the basic qualifications for teaching your child at home? I mean, what makes a mom qualified to teach her own child? And are you qualified to teach your offspring? Well, let's, let's ask yourself three simple questions. One, are you alive and breathing? Two, do you want your child to succeed? And three, do you love and care about your student? Yeah, that's it. I can honestly say every homeschooling mom I have ever met has not only met those qualifications, but you guys have exceeded them. By default, all homeschooling moms meet qualification number one. You are indeed living and breathing human being. And every homeschooling mom I've ever spoken to deeply loves her child and is seeking a better way to meet his or her academic, emotional, and social needs. And this is true for moms who are homeschooling due to COVID-19 and aren't homeschooling by choice. They deeply want their child to be happy, safe, and to succeed. Thus, these moms and you mom meet qualifications number two and number three as well. So there you are. You are more than qualified to teach your child. Now, if you're a homeschooling mom that also wants to instill in your child a love of learning, then you have moved beyond being competent and qualified. You are now in the ranks of a master teacher. You may feel like I'm oversimplifying this, but I'm really, really not. (laughs) Now, let's get something straight. 
It is difficult to teach 30 different munchkins with 30 different learning styles with 30 different academic needs in a classroom setting with state mandates and time constraints. This kind of teaching does require some training. But teaching a classroom full of energetic students is very different than teaching your own child at home. Teaching and mentoring your child in the comfort and safety of your own home with the freedom and flexibility to teach and learn when and whatever you want is a blessing. And it certainly doesn't require a degree, a certificate, a license, a PhD, or any kind of past experience. Even in the states with the strictest homeschooling laws like Pennsylvania and New York, the only teacher qualifications required by law in those states is that the teacher has a high school diploma or something equivalent. And in moderate states like California and Arizona, the teacher only needs to be capable or competent. That's quoted. And in some states like Texas and Idaho, no teacher qualifications are needed at all. So you see, even the government realizes that the best teachers out there are those who care about their students and those who are willing to give 100% to make sure their students succeed. Even the government realizes that a mom is overqualified in these areas. So you see, moms, you are already the best person for the job. You are already the best person to teach and homeschool your child. You are already qualified to teach your child at home. God also designed the family for this kind of natural one-on-one kind of learning. God knew a child's best teacher is and will always be the child's parent. God also knew the most important lessons, which are lessons about God, his word, his truth, and the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ are best taught to a child in a loving way by a caring parent in a safe and nurturing environment. In Deuteronomy 6, verses 5 through 9, it says, These commandments I give you today and are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your homes and in your gates. This sounds like a typical homeschool to me. The most natural form of education is not in a classroom setting, but within the walls of our home. You know, the most effective and life-giving education is not done within a seven-hour school day, but throughout the day while living and doing life together. So you see, moms, I'll say it again. You are already the best person for the job. You are already the best person to teach and homeschool your kid. And your home is the best place for your child to learn. It's God approved. It's God ordained. And it's created by God. So hopefully I have convinced you that not only are you capable and qualified to teach your own child, but you're chosen and called for this task too. Now that we see that we're qualified for this task, let's talk about what makes a good homeschooling mom a great homeschooling mom. It's actually an ancient secret. Who dares to teach must never cease to learn. Did you get that? A great teacher is also a student. 
Life as a homeschooling teacher begins when you realize that you're always a learner. A great homeschooling teacher is always a good student first. Our motto as homeschooling moms should be the following. Sometimes a teacher, but always a learner. So how can we be teacher and student? Well, there are four simple things you can do. One, start with what you know and teach what you love. Two, learn alongside your kiddos in the areas you feel inadequate or in areas that you don't know much about. Three, be a lifelong learner yourself. And four, then look for mentors for the other stuff. You don't have to know everything to teach your own at home. You just need a desire to learn alongside them. So let's look at number one. Start with what you love and teach what you know. Share your passions and gifts. So what's your area of expertise? What are you good at? What sparks your curiosity? Are you an avid gardener? Well, then start in the garden. Teach your kids anything and everything you know about gardening. Share your love and years of experience with your kiddos. Or what was your profession before you came home? Or what's your full-time job right now while you're homeschooling? Then start there. Share with your kids your knowledge and skills that you are trained to do. Are you a nurse, a lawyer, a mechanic, a small business owner? Then nurses, start with anatomy and human health. That's a great place to start. If you're a lawyer, start with the Constitution and all things U.S. If you're a business owner, start with what you sell or you provide. I know you're an expert in that area. Or maybe you're an essential oils guru or a fitness fanatic. There's so much science in herbs, oils, and fitness. Start there. The point is, just think out of the box. Start with what you know. Start with what you love. And start with what you're good at. If you're passionate about something, it will show as you teach it which in turn will spark an interest in your own kids. They may not become doctors or lawyers or welders like you, but they will be learning tons of science and history and so much more as you share your expertise and your passions. If your area of expertise is not in math or writing, no biggie. Teach what you love in the other academic areas, then get a simple curriculum to teach the basics of math and writing. Which brings me to the second step in being a teacher and a student. Number two, always be willing to learn alongside your kiddos in the areas you feel inadequate. You don't have to be an expert to teach history or science. You don't even need to be two steps ahead of your kids to teach them U.S. government or pre-algebra. You just need the willingness to learn alongside them. As you teach, you learn. So learn together. So where should you start? Well, take advantage of where you live and start there. Do you live in a desert climate? Then learn everything you can as a family about the animals and plants and flowers and climate of the area you live in. Start in your own backyard and work your way out. Explore the community and state and region you live in. You can also start with your child's interest. Is your child obsessed with insects or the night sky? Does your daughter want to be an astronaut or a pilot? Is your son a natural in the kitchen? Or maybe he's a dog whisperer. One of the best ways to engage your child in learning is to learn about things he or she is interested in. 
So my son loves all things baseball. So one year out of desperation, we spent an entire year immersed in all things baseball. So we learned about U.S. geography and the states and capitals by learning about the states that had major league and minor league teams. And then we filled in the rest of the states. We learned about Newton's laws of motion and some pretty complicated physical science and physics laws while trying to perfect his curveball and while trying to find the sweet spot on his bat. We learned about the civil rights movement as we learned, as we read and researched the Negro League and baseball greats like Jackie Robinson and those who helped break the color barrier. We learned a ton of math as my son kept track of the stats of his favorite players. And he also had to do a ton of fractions, decimals, and percents as he kept track of his own personal stats that year. We read a lot and discovered some really fun baseball-themed books. We read biographies and autobiographies of past and present baseball greats. We read poetry like Casey at Bat, and we learned about our English vocabulary as we watched over and over again Abbott and Costello's skit, Who's On First. He wrote how-to essays to teach me how to throw a knuckleball. He wrote narratives as he described his latest games and writing. And he wrote research reports on science and history topics related to baseball. We even learned about the value of baseball card collections and autographed baseballs. My son made a little money that year, too, as he realized that his passions and collections could be used as a source of income. My point is, is I had no clue about any of this stuff. I just knew my son loved it, and he wanted to learn more about it. So we did it together. When I tried to learn alongside him, I also figured out how to include most of the quote-unquote necessary and required subjects into our baseball tangents. And don't be afraid to let your child teach you. Remember, to teach once is to learn twice. As your child is teaching you something about what he loves or something he learned, not only are you learning something new, but the new knowledge is being cemented in your child's mind. So let's talk about high school for a minute. Okay, so maybe you barely passed Algebra 1, and now your freshman has to learn it. What to do, what to do, what to do. Well, learn Algebra with your teen. Okay, so hold on. Hear me out. One, you will be amazed at how much you will now understand that you didn't understand back in high school. Two, it will show your teen how to find answers to questions they don't know and how to teach themselves when they're faced with a new challenge. Do you, mom, have to do every page and every problem with your teen? Absolutely not. You already graduated and earned your high school diploma, so let your teen do all the work. However, when your daughter comes to you frustrated or confused, don't be afraid to say, you know, honey, (laughs) I don't really remember how to find square roots or even why this is even remotely important for balancing my checkbook, but let's look it up together and see if we can figure it out. Also, by attacking subjects you struggle with, you're actually doing number three on our list on how to be a teacher and a student. And that number three is be a lifelong learner yourself. Take up a new hobby or learn a new skill. Let your kids see you learning something new. Take a class. Watch YouTube for directions on how to do something. 
read how-to books, read historical nonfiction books. Through your example, you're teaching your kiddos that learning doesn't stop when you graduate. That learning can be fun. In fact, it's so much fun and so useful that even when you don't have to learn something for a grade, you want to learn something new anyway. You're teaching them that learning is useful and that no matter how old we get, we can always learn something new. Okay, so what do we do when the high school work is over our heads? We don't have the time, desire, or aptitude to learn or relearn sentence diagramming or Spanish or chemistry or physics. That's when we look for mentors for the other stuff. So number four, the last way to be teacher and student is to seek out others who can help you. Moms, we can't do it all. Even school teachers in the upper grades, they don't do it all. They have specialists who come in and teach art, music, or Latin. If the subject is truly something you can't learn alongside your kiddo, then find a mentor or an expert to help you in that area. I learned Latin right alongside my kiddos, but I knew Spanish was going to be the death of me. So I sought the aid of a dear friend who's bilingual. She taught and tutored my kids in high school, and then we incorporated some really great resources like Rosetta Stone and Duolingo to keep them accountable. I knew this old dog wasn't going to be able to learn this new Spanish trick. So I found other people to teach my kids and other ways to keep track of their progress. And for fun, they tried to teach me some new Spanish words and expressions while they laughed hysterically at my complete and total mispronunciation of all of it. So you don't have to teach everything. You just have to be willing to seek out others for help and then be willing to accept the help when you need it. As homeschooling moms, we aren't always the teacher. Sometimes we're the facilitator of learning and we find the opportunities for our kids. Sometimes our role is mentor instead of teacher as we give them ideas and suggestions and then let them run with it. We guide, we offer advice, we gently correct and redirect. This also teaches our children a valuable life lesson and skill. In life, there will be problems we face that we can try to tackle and teach ourselves how to solve or fix. And then there are times when we just need to call in an expert. We can either become the expert or we can find others who are. Now, a word of caution. Don't fall into the trap of signing your kids up for every outside class and activity. When you start using quote-unquote experts to teach your child every academic and every extracurricular topic, then you're really not homeschooling anymore. You become a slave to someone else's schedule, and your checkbook and your money will no longer be yours. If you teach what you love and learn alongside your kiddos, you won't really need to rely on mentors and outside help for everything, just the things you need a little extra help with. Now, when it comes to the basics and fundamentals that every child needs to learn, start with what you love, start close to home, start with your child's interest. You will be able to cover most of these academic subjects in your pursuits. But you will still need to make sure they're learning the basics of reading, writing, and computation. 
If writing or math are not your strong suits, or you feel more comfortable with a guide or with step-by-step instructions, then go ahead and get a textbook or a curriculum for math or for writing and spend some time each day doing a workbook page or two of grammar exercises or computation skills. But then follow your interests and your child's passions when learning the humanities and learn some new life skills. So you see, Mom, you are qualified to teach your own. You're actually overqualified. You're capable of homeschooling your child. And remember the secret, who dares to teach must never cease to learn. A great teacher is also a lifelong student. Life as a homeschooling teacher begins when you realize you're always a learner too. And remember, our motto as homeschooling moms should forever be, sometimes I'm a teacher, but I'm always a learner. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining us for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, coffeewithcarryconsultant. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast, our Instagram, our website, or our new book, Just Breathe, with a friend who might need a little encouragement, or share it with a friend who's new to homeschooling. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless, and see you next time.